I'm so excited you're here. Remember, our goal is to build you up in a post-Christian world to be a bold, strong, fearless believer in Jesus because that's who we're called to be. You can't cause an uproar if you're the one hiding when everything is going crazy. The world is looking for people who are willing to stand up for what they believe in, even if it's contrary to what to what they they believe in. And I was reading this week, I'm going to jump right into it today. I was reading this week an article and this is this is an amazing statement from an unsaved man. So I'm not throwing any shade at him. I just think this is a really interesting perspective. I'm going to read this for you. He he said this. I'm not religious. So it's not my place to dictate to Christians what they should and should not believe. Fair. Still, if someone has a faith worth following, I feel their beliefs should make me feel uncomfortable for not doing so. If they share 90% of my lifestyle and values, then there is nothing especially inspiring about them. Instead of making me want to become more like them, It looks very much as if they want to become more like me. And the author of that article was Ben Six Smith. And how true is that statement? An unsaved man coming in with a truth bomb for us. That the the reality is our lives should not look like an unsaved person's life. If we are 90% the same as the world, then essentially Jesus is just an unnecessary add-on. I think our lives should look drastically different than the world. We should make people feel uncomfortable. We should not have the same values. We shouldn't do the same things as them. Does that mean we shouldn't have nice things? Does it mean that we shouldn't joke? That we should... That No, 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 no. Those things are fine. But our values, our ideals, what is important to us, what is valuable should look different from what the world looks like. That's the whole point of being a Christian. Jesus said this in John chapter 17. He was praying about his disciples and he said, hey, hey, they they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. What he said about those who follow him was they are not of this world. The reality is, and you've probably heard this before if you're a Christian, if not, welcome to the party that we are in the world but not of the world. Look, you might have to be around people at school or at work who are doing certain things, but you're not forced to do what they do. You are in the same situations, but you're not forced to do the same things, to have the same interests, to make the same jokes, to do the same things. We are not forced to do anything. And I think our identity in Christ will separate us. If you're not sure what your identity in Christ is, go back. Oh, there's tons of podcasts and content of our identity in Christ in this channel because I think it's very important. But the truth is that you are, are how you see yourself is how you're going to act. And if you've just become saved or if you're struggling with being accepted by the people of the world, the truth is we might be in the same world, but we are drastically different. As a son or a daughter of God. Now, does that mean that you think that you, that you run around prideful and you're better than everybody? Absolutely not. What it means is that we are called to a different and a higher standard. We are called to a lifestyle that does not reflect what everybody else does and believes. The, like, like, I don't think that we should be isolated either. See, Jesus said that we should occupy 
until he comes. Now, what does this mean? Occupation means that we are right there. A lot of Christians, they choose isolation instead of occupation. They stay really, really far away from sin, which sin should not be in our life. But in the flip, they can never tell anybody about Jesus because they're never around a sinner. They live in fear that sin will overtake them instead of victory in the name of Jesus. Really what, what isolation is, is it's doubting the power of God to keep us free and to change those around us. But God has not called us to isolation. And that's what Christians in the past have done. He's called us to occupy where we are, to occupy the streets, to occupy our schools, to occupy social media, and to create a clear distinction. Not that we're better, but we have a better and a different way. His name is Jesus. See, occupation will put you in the same circles as sin. But that doesn't mean that you are subject to sin. Occupation gives you an opportunity to share the truth in love. Occupation lets you live in victory and not in fear. Occupation, really what it does is it relies on God's strength and shows other people truth. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. He said, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Look, you cannot be hidden. If you are a representation of Christ, you cannot be hidden. People will see that your life is different. And Christian, can I tell you right now, you need to stop striving to do what they do, say what they say, act how they act. If our life is 90% the same as an unbeliever, then Jesus is just an unnecessary add-on to your life. And we need, to, we need to be okay with this. That it's okay to make people feel uncomfortable for how they live. What do I mean by that? I mean that we are not okay to make people feel bad, like, like, they, like, like we hate them. That's never okay. But if our lifestyle affirms sin, then we are wrong. Here's the truth. We need to make people feel so uncomfortable because there's such a greater truth that we have. Not because we're greater because they're wrong, but we have something so much greater because we have a greater truth. Look, if our lifestyle spews hate towards people who are in sin, then we're wrong. They're never going to want the truth that we have. Ephesians chapter 4 teaches this. It says that we share the truth in love. Because, because this, look, if it's, if we only show people love, but no, no truth, they'll never grow up. They'll never be maturity. They'll never know that God has called them to greater. If there's all truth, but no love, there'll be resistance because nobody wants to have another conversation with another person who just wants to shove truth down their throat. But when we share the truth in love, it's received. It's thought upon. It, 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 it holds true weight. Like, the, he, here, here's what I mean. It's, it's okay for people to feel uncomfortable in their sin around you in this context. Like, I've been a pastor for a decade, 10 years, and people know they're not supposed to cuss around a pastor, right? All the time when I'm around people and they know who I am, they'll look like, oh, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that around you. It's like, well, I'm not going to melt, but thank you. Knowing that there's a difference in my life and in your life. People, when I first got saved, they'd text me like, I want the old Cody back. Can you come out with us tonight? Can you do this? Can you do this? 
And they failed to realize that that old Cody was no longer there. He, he didn't even live anymore. He was gone. My life no longer looked like everybody else's life. I didn't joke about the same things, laugh about the same, same things, or do the same things because my life was different. And people caught on. They started to realize, I'm not even going to invite him to the party because his life is different. Because Christians should not live a lifestyle that affirms sin. It's okay to be around sin. Jesus was around sinners and tax collectors all the time. But you don't find him sinning so he can be like them. That's the difference that we're talking about. Jesus lived a life in this world that was so different from the world. It challenged people to ask, what must I do to be saved? He didn't run around shaming people. But he lived in such a way that it challenged people to live a different lifestyle. And as Christians... We need to do the same thing. Look, it's okay to have nice clothes. It's okay to have jokes. It's okay to do all these things. You shouldn't be some crazy out there freak who nobody can 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 interact with. Like, I, 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 I think the key is like, who are you first seeking? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. A lot of Christians, they live for things. They live for blessing. They live for favor. They live for honor. They live for these things. And I agree with all those things. I, I, I believe that scripture teaches that the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich and adds no sorrow to it. But I also believe that scripture, scripture teaches us not to live for the riches, not to live for the jokes, not to live for popularity, not to live so other people can see us and they can worship us and think that we're great. Our, our standard position as a believer is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when we stop doing that, our lives look like the rest of the world. When we stop seeking God above everything else, then 90% of our life looks just like their life. And they start to question, well, what's even the point of living for this if the only other requirement is I can't have the fun that goes along with it and I have to give up my Sunday mornings and maybe a small group? See, our lives as Christians largely look too much like the world. And then on the flip, our lives sometimes don't even look like fun. It, it is fun when you lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's fun when you spend time with people. It's fun and it's okay to joke. <laughs> our Christian life should be so full of joy that other people want to know what you have and what you're on, but his name is Jesus. See, his goal was to be completely transformed, not slightly changed. It's not just, oh, I said a prayer, now I can go to heaven. The goal is not to keep our same lifestyle and go to heaven. It's to completely change our lifestyle because we love Jesus with every single thing that we have. Think about this. It's so many people try to give their life to God or try to declare him as their savior so they can have the benefit of salvation. And then they run around like they're saved because now... I can go to heaven, but there's never been a lifestyle change. When we truly give our life to Jesus, there's a lifestyle change, also a spiritual change. Scripture teaches, behold, the oldest passed away. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Behold, the oldest passed away. The new is here. That's talking about our spirit man. We are a new man in our spirit. But at the same time, not only does our spiritual self need to change, but our habits, our patterns, our lifestyles, our thoughts need to change. Romans chapter 12 says that to, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. 
which means that we change our mind. We change our patterns that we are now influencers, not influence that we are to conform the world to the things of God, not be conformed to the things of the world because our patterns always determine our results. If you're lazy, you'll have poverty. If you, if you're a liar, nobody's going to trust you. If you work hard, you'll advance. If you genuinely love people, you'll genuinely be attractive to people in a sense of being able to show them who Jesus is. And I want to encourage you today that our lives should not look like the world. I want to have greater things and God promises those greater things. I don't want what the world has because their results honestly are horrible. You got people running around who, who, who've been through six boyfriends and no one even cares about them anymore and they don't see any value in themselves because they've sold out to some boy who doesn't value them like Jesus does. That, that they, 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 they so have no purpose in their life that they'll do anything because they can't see that, that God has a great future plan for them. I don't want to live like the world because I don't want what the world has. The world largely lacks hope, identity, a future, and purpose. But God has those things. Our lives should look different. Because he, let, think about it like this. We can't look like or live like those we are trying to help change for Jesus. That's not how this works. I want to read this statement one more time. And I want to challenge you to look at your life. Does your life look like 90% of what the world lives like? Let, let's read this together. He, the, ben Sex, Six Smith said this. He, he said, that's funny, I messed that up. He said, I'm not religious, so it's not my place to dictate to Christians what they should and should not believe. I agree with that like a thousand percent. Stop letting unbelievers tell you what you should believe. If the Bible says it, stand on it. And don't let anybody else tell you. It's funny. It's always the person, well, well, God wouldn't want you to say this about somebody else, but they've never even opened their Bible. You don't know, my God. Be quiet. He said, still, if someone has a faith worth following, I feel that their belief should make me feel uncomfortable for not doing so. If they share 90% of my lifestyle and values, then there's nothing especially inspiring about them. Instead of making me want to become more like them, it looks very much as if they want to become more like me. The goal young believer, is to not try to look like the world, but is to try to look like Jesus so people can know there's a true heaven and a true hell, and you believe in it so much that it makes them uncomfortable in their sin and draws them to the God that you serve and you love. I love you guys. I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, let me know. I want to encourage you to go to theupper.org or any of our social media sites. We have some amazing things coming out for year 10. And we want you to make sure you're a part of it. Have a good day.